another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. We're in a world that is in desperate need. If you've been here over the last few weeks, we're talking and been sharing how Jesus is so much more than we could ever imagine. And when you get to know him, everything about you begins to change. If you weren't here, then I'd encourage you to get a hold of the podcasts online. But first week, we looked at this thought that Jesus is our constant redeemer. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the program on TV called The Repair Shop. But they bring things that once lived, some of them hundreds of years old, that have deteriorated or been abused or just well used, and they bring it back to life. Did you know that Christianity is not a form or a ceremony? It's about the fact that there is the master craftsman that created us that cannot just repair us, but restore and redeem us. Jesus, secondly, is our empowerment source. When, when we run out, we can plug in, we can touch who he is. And in that, there is a transfusion. If you have a problem with your blood, sometimes you need to weekly or even daily, some people have a transfusion. Well, we need a transfusion of who God is and who we are. And we talked about in the Bible, it talks about we've got to begin to realize that He is our empowerment. And so because of that, I can. I pray that we will be a part of a generation that stands up, come on, wherever we find ourselves and say, well, it may not have happened, but I can in Christ do all things. Jesus, thirdly, is our good shepherd. And I love that. We went to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we discovered the more want we have in our life is a revealer of the distance we've created between Him and us. In fact, the closer you get to Jesus, you can enjoy everything of this world, but it's not like I need to have that and I need to have that. And because of the way I'm feeling, my wants, I've got to keep on getting more and more. No, I found I can find satisfaction in who He is. Last week, Jesus is our liberating truth. Well, if you're going to come to God's Word, the authority of God's Word in your life, there are going to be times where you go, man, that hurts if I'm going to have to do that. And yet it's not there to control us. It's there to liberate us. The truth will set you free. Today, I want to conclude this series, if you like, and talk about this thought that Jesus, He is all of that, but He is also our faith responder. That when we operate a life of faith, and as we live our relationships out in faith, as we live our work environment, as we live out our kingdom purpose in faith, God responds to faith. And literally faith is what unlocks God, brings Him right into our humanity. We're a part of a church here at Life, and you may be fairly new to Life, but we just recently celebrated 29 years. What we've discovered over 29 years, we started with nothing. We didn't feel capable. But by faith, God saw an opportunity and a doorway called faith and He began to respond. And as that faith grew, His response grew and there's been a moving of God. And we, we're in a world that needs men and women that have God responding in and through them. I was saying yesterday to our financial leaders, we're in a world that's going AWOL. Everything about our world today has, is losing any sense of security it once had. We're in a world where today governments and people are calling wrong right. Yeah. 
I'm not going to get political, but I wouldn't mind. And we're working behind the scenes on a few projects just to put that out there. But we're in a world that calls wrong right and calls right wrong. But we don't need to react in that. What we need is to allow Jesus to step in. And He is looking for atmospheres of faith. A church that's filled with faith is a responding church. Come on. And seriously, for everyone, I'm here to ask a question. So who is your go-to? Is your go-to your security? Your ANZ or your BNZ or your ASB account? And you look at that and think, oh, well, we've got something there. It's okay. Is it your gift set? Is it your opportunity? Or is it something that's bigger than that where you've realized that Jesus, he's my redeemer, he's my empowerment source, he's my good shepherd, he's my liberating truth, he's my faith responder. And as I look at that, I begin to realize that really when self is weak, I've got him. And if I were to activate my faith in him, not my current position, then I would see God begin to move. I, I, I would encourage everybody today, if you want some church homework, how many love homework? How many are with me? I'm thankful the day I left school. Anybody come on, be real. How many are really like that? It's kind of like, well, yeah, thank you, Lord. But John 1 verse 1, listen to God describing himself. He says, in the beginning, remember, in the beginning, before you, in the beginning, in eternity past was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, all things that were made were made through Him. Wow. What is God wanting to make that you're not currently in position of? What is God wanting to do with you and your future generations that you haven't even dreamed about yet? They were made through Him. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. Somebody needs to hear that today. You've come to church and you go, you know what, my life's screwed up. In Him is life. And this kind of life that He brings is not dark life, it's light life. His life was the light of men and the light shines in our darkness. See, Christians aren't perfect people, but they've been invaded because they took a step of faith and said, God, if you're really there, I need you. I'm reaching out to you because I've come to the end of myself. And God says, I'm gonna step into your world and I'm gonna bring light to your darkness and I'm gonna respond because you said, help me. Because you said, I need you. Right now, I need you in my marriage. I need you in my job. I need you in my COVID situation. I need you in my prognosis. I need you when everything else is turning to custard. And you know what Jesus is saying? But church, I need your faith. I need your faith. I don't need your belief. I need your faith because I'm a responder to faith. And it's kind of like, well, we've got a good church. And pastor, he sort of, he kind of blows his stack every Sunday. It gets a bit worked up actually for my liking. See, I think in church that faith is one of the most quoted subjects, but the least practiced. I'm not sure we're really attracting God. See, yeah, but, you know, God doesn't have favorites. That could be true. But God responds to some more than others. 
And you go, serious? Yeah, that's why this is so important. That Jesus is our faith's responder. It's kind of like he's looking for us to find a pathway to release who he is. We got four grandkids. I had one of them on stage, Luna May here. In the prayer meeting this morning, early before the nine o'clock service, we have prayer meetings in every campus. Uh, our other two granddaughters, uh, Ruby and Bella, I think I got a picture of them. I took a picture of them just standing in the prayer meeting and it's dress up day today. It's kind of be somebody, you know, I think they were princesses today. They're always princesses. And they're looking at Popper and you know, they come over to our home and sometimes this is how it goes. They come and they say, Papa, we missed you. I go, oh. And they say, can we sit on your knee? And I go, yeah, come on, girls. Ruby, sit there. Bella, sit there. We're sitting there. And it's like, we love coming to your place, Papa. You're awesome, Papa. You know, you know some people might think you're old, but we don't think you look old. <laughs> and we go through this thing, you know, and they really build Papa up. Because how many know they're smarter? than you think they are. Because then out of their mouth comes, are we going to the dairy shop today? <laughs> they have discovered there's a doorway to more. <laughs> now, you don't need to dress up cute for Jesus. You don't have to practice a line or be deserving. But what we do need to discover that Jesus is our faith responder. So when we come to him in faith, things begin to shift that we never believed could happen. Hebrews 11 verse six, without faith it is impossible to please him. Because the one that comes to him must believe he is. Most of the church believes he is. But also, second part of the equation, believe that he is a rewarder of those that press into him. Those that say, well, you know what? It's coming to the end of what I'm gonna carry, God. It's time for you to step in and begin to carry the responsibility and bring the outcome. In fact, the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about faith blockages because I believe there are a whole lot of blockages we don't understand and we want to see the supernatural. And my God, we need the supernatural in this day and age. We're not gonna win the world by arguing theology or coming against governments. We've gotta see the supernatural power of God at work. And God says, well, it's time for you to step up, for me to step up and be a man, a woman of faith, be a young person that goes, you know what? I'm not gonna allow what has been set over my life in darkness to rule me. He's the life bringer, the light bringer. I think so often we lose proximity with Jesus and so we have a confused faith. And the thing is that distrust dominates a disengaged faith. Let me say it again, distrust dominates when we have a disengaged faith. Oh, well, the church is doing all this stuff, so pumped to be a part of this church, but what engagement of faith are you? Because if you don't engage your faith, you'll begin to allow circumstantial evidence to cause you to give up and stand alone. So we're gonna go to an incredible story in Matthew chapter eight. It's the story of a man that is not who you would think God would use in that day. He's called the centurion. He has an unwell servant. 
He's not a Jew, so he wasn't a part of God's race as it was known back then. He wasn't a Bible college student and he wasn't somebody that you would look at his lifestyle and say, well, he's just a good man all round and round. No, he's a Roman soldier. I'm sure there was much of what he had to do that he was not proud of. But somehow he connected with Jesus and his relationship with Jesus caused there to be a move of incredible proportion. So we'll pick up the story in verse five. It says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, there was a centurion who came to him and he began to plead with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus responded to him. He says, well, I'll come and heal him. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, the reality is I'm a Roman soldier. I know who I am. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. That was the teaching of the day. But that you would only speak a word. And if you would speak a word for my servant, my servant will be healed. You see, I'm a man under authority. I tell soldiers to go and they go, come and they come, do this and they do it. And Jesus heard it. Listen to this verse 10. And he marveled. This is Jesus. Oh my gosh. The literal word is he marveled. He was amazed. I wonder if Jesus, this is my words to me this week has ever been amazed at my faith. I wonder if he's ever stopped and go, wow. Wow, they're gonna believe to see something happen in three and a half years? That is strangely ridiculous. We could get in on that because I'm a faith responder. And I look at this and I feel passionate as you can tell this morning that it was not the miracle itself but it was the activated faith that word marveled or amazed comes from a Greek word called thalmazo it's only used in one other story in the Bible it's when Jesus goes back to his hometown Bethlehem and when he's there because people knew him to be the carpenter's son He couldn't do much of the miraculous. And what he did is he marveled at the level of their unbelief. Okay, put yourself in one or two camps today. Would he marvel because really you haven't activated faith for a long time? It's like, wow, so much more that I could do because I'm the faith responder. Or would he marvel by going, wow, This is not normal. This is like, they believe I can do anything and I'm excited to show my hand at work. We are in, as I'm saying, a day and an age where we're gonna believe that God is gonna do more than we've ever seen Him do. Basically, he was saying, this centurion, he's got world champion, world changing faith. I'm talking to everyone up north, everybody down south, everybody online today, here in the auditorium. I'm saying, don't allow the ability to get familiar with the security of what you have. By the way, I think my personal view is God is allowing certain things to happen in the world right now so all security will be shaken. 
So we'll get back and start to exalt the name of Jesus. Be desperate on Jesus. We'll be praying more, fasting more, lifting up the name of Jesus. And we're going to see a supernatural awakening that's going to turn the tide as the glory of God is going to come back into God's people and through God's people. And God is going to stir us up. So practically, today you go, so if Jesus is our faith responder, if I don't activate faith, if I don't live in faith in my every day, then he still loves me and I still believe in him. But I'm not sure he's responding on your behalf. See, faith needs Jesus to respond like a seed is needed for a harvest. Our belief is one thing, but that's not enough. Belief is, connects us with who Jesus is. Faith is what activates his moving in who we are. So you go, well, if that's true, what do I need to learn? I look back over my own life as I prepare and do messages, and I think one of the, or a few of the things I've learned is this, is that I've come to realize that faith germinates when we hear. It's kind of like, what did you say? You say, Paul, how have you and the team led the church over these 29 years? It's like, well, what's God saying? Not what's possible. Not what hasn't happened before or... What others are saying could not happen. What's he saying? It's kind of, I, I just, just say the word, Jesus. You, this is the centurion. He understood that. He said, just, just you say the word. If I hear the word, that's all I need because faith comes. Come on, somebody get excited right now. Faith comes by hearing. And how does hearing come? By the word of God, not the word of reason. Not the word of anything else that's around us. What have you heard lately that you are living out in your life? Come on, I want all of those that are in university. Don't allow the word of this world to frame the way that you see. Begin to get the word of your God that'll lead you through and bring an answer and an antidote to a world that is again being drugged with all kinds of other things. It's time for the church to go, you know what? I need the word of God. I need pastor. I need the message on Sunday, but I love them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday times with God where I listen and I hear the Holy Spirit and the Word of God becomes a life source and a light source to who I am. It begins to fill me up on the inside. You know what? You will be a depressed Christian if you are not a carrier of the fresh Word of God. So many people freaking out about our world right now in the church. And I go, I think one of the reasons you're freaking out, we're all concerned and we need to learn to respond, not react. But if you're freaking out, it's because you've got a word in you that's louder than his word. I was in a Rise Church last weekend preaching and connected throughout the whole country. A great honor, John and Jillian, they're doing an amazing job. After the nine o'clock, as I love to do, I just walk the foyers. Hate green rooms. Boring people in green rooms. <laughs> just walking around and this elderly gentleman came up to me. Just looked like somebody from Lower Hutt, where I grew up. He was a lovely Maori man. He said, oh, can I talk to you? I said, yeah, sure. He says, I don't go to church. I said, yeah, cool. <laughs> he said, but obviously I'm here. He said, but I don't, I don't go to church. I haven't been to church. My wife, by the way, she comes every week. And you know what it's like. She just goes on. <laughs> I looked around to see if Marie was anywhere. And I said, yeah, I Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> She's been going on at me for years and years, so I thought, what the heck? It might just shut her up, I'll come. <laughs> so today I came. Then I saw this tear form in his eye. 
And he just looked at me. And he said, today I heard. I, this is what he said. I didn't hear. I heard here. What have you heard here? God's wanting to speak. God wants for all of us to realize that faith germinates when we hear. If we don't personally hear, then we're not able to break through. It's kind of just speak the word. All I need you to do, Jesus, is speak and for me to hear. You don't have to come and do it all. I, I know you'll do it because the word is the evidence that I need. There was a guy who had a wife that was hard of hearing and it was becoming more and more frustrating. So he rang the doctor. He said, doctor, I, I don't know how to break it to my wife yet, but I need to make an appointment for her because she's losing her hearing. So he said, that's fine. I can't see her for a couple of weeks, but would you just do sort of a, a pretest so we know how bad it is. So he gave him some instruction. That night he was sitting watching TV and his wife was in the kitchen cooking. And uh, you can't even say that these days, people get upset. But anyway, that's what was happening. Uh, <laughs> just thought I'd throw it out there, save you writing the letter. Um, but so he's, he's watching the TV and uh, so, so he activates what the doctor says. He's about 15 meters from her. So he said, the doctor, yeah, the doctor said, just say it in a normal tone. So he says, honey, what's for dinner? There was just no response. So he thought about it, got up, and he thought, well, I've got to do what he said. He took about five steps towards the edge of the lounge room and said, honey, what's for dinner? Same voice, still no response. So then he walks right to the doorway of the kitchen. She's facing the other way, and he says, honey, what's for di dinner? Still no response. So he comes up right behind her, and he stands there, and he sort of says, honey, what's for dinner? She turns around. She says, I've told you four times it's chicken. I think sometimes we think the problem's everybody else. <laughs> Come on, that, that was, yeah, somebody just got that. That was great. Uh, <laughs> and it could be a man thing. I'm not sure. Come on, just to get the ladies. If I was at a ladies' conference, I'd say, it is a man thing. Come on, girls. <laughs> but if we could unlock the hearing, We could unlock, come on, the power of the wonder of the responder because of faith. Faith comes by hearing. What are you carrying this week? God, I need to hear something about my business. I need to hear something about my future. I need to hear something about what you're calling me to and what I'm there. Every step we've taken has to be a step of faith, has to be the fact that faith germinates once we hear. There are so many voices and I've got to turn off the voice of my past, my inadequacy. I've got to turn off the voice of what people have said over me. I've got to turn over my own fear and, and insecurity. And I've got to begin to say, no, I'm hearing here. Because once we hear here, come on, the church, I'm telling you, I'm telling you one more time, the church across this globe will become the cornerstone of society. And you might say, yeah, but all of these bills and referendums, and I go, yeah, it's disheartening. You can allow the human voice to listen and to give up, or you can say, no, no, God said in darkness, light will shine brighter and the church will provide an alternative that has security, has life-changing, reforming power, has the authority of heaven all over it.
Don't allow the voice of your past, the voice of COVID, the voice of fear, the voice of impossibility to rob you from the now Word of God. Would you be still? I love this psalm. Be still. Paul, God's used this chapter so much in my life. Shut up, Paul. I'm just trying to tell you something, George. Yeah, I know. Be still. Be still. Be still. Because in your still, you'll know that I am God. You won't just hear from me, but you'll know something. You'll be a carrier of the wonder of heaven, the wonder of stillness. Faith germinates when we hear. Secondly, faith strengthens in our surrender once we surrender. See, when it comes to faith, one of the biggest problems is we put our time frame on it. We're most probably going to go there in the next couple of weeks because I think it's the biggest block to faith is we have faith for something in our agenda. The thing about faith is faith is spawned in eternity, not humanity. From cover to cover, there were human results, but often there weren't human results in there now. But they didn't give up on faith because they understood that the nature of faith is eternal. Wow. See, faith requires a surrendered timeline. Are you hearing me, some of you? Some of you have been disappointed with God, and God says, well, why did you put a timeline on it? I said in the first service, we, we've got a legacy goal that we feel God's given to us. We heard. But I've been saying over the last little while, and I haven't really said it publicly much, but I have been saying it to other people. I'm believing we're going to see it happen by December. But just let me throw you in the page. What if it didn't happen for 100 years? Because right now we were at 12 mil. Like, well, what went wrong? You've got to remove the timeline. Because if you don't remove the timeline, you'll give up on what God put in your heart. So let me give you an example. Abraham and Sarah were promised a son. Maybe 70 years in the waiting. What about Moses? You're my man. Fought two lots of 40 years in different wildernesses. What about Joseph getting the multi-cover coat and getting prophesied over it? Look, guys, look at me. I got my coat on. Then having two decades being lied about and serving in prison in preparation for what God was going to do. What about that? When that happens to you, are you in two decades of not seeing what you were believing for? Have you given up? No, faith literally germinates when we hear, but it also strengthens when we surrender. When we surrender that timeline, we can stand on it, but we say, God, your purposes are what we're looking for. Habakkuk chapter 2, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. I will stand my watch and I will set my self on rampart in other words i'm visioned i'm clear i've got a god goal i'm not i'm not scared of articulating what it's all about in fact i'm going to watch and see what god is going to say to me and what i'm going to answer to him when i'm corrected and the lord said to me well then write the vision down okay what are you living for what has god given you what have you written down what are you absolute about come on it's time church not just to turn up on sunday get another top up so walk around the roundabout of life one more week. Let's get into this season and say, no, by faith, we're going to unlock something. Because when we know where we're going, others are going to read it and run. But then verse three, for the vision is for it yet an appointed time. Not my appointment, God's appointed. In the end, it will speak. Though it tarries, wait for it. Don't give up on it. Why? Because the just shall live by pastor's faith. 
by what God is doing in the church they're part of. No, by their faith, by their ability to go, I got something from God. And even when I'm not seeing it, I'm surrendering the outcome. But I know it'll happen like Hebrews 11. Some of them happened in another generation. And that's cool because I'm standing on the authority of that because God works in eternity. I understand time. Man, I think we'll preach all day today. We're just fired up today. It's like, (laughs) let's go for it. Come on, team, come and join me. Faith germinates when we hear it strengthens when we surrender did you realize that faith creates when we focus on his faithfulness there's something that is unlocked when you go well I can surrender because I've heard but I also now know he is faithful you know our problem in our humanity is there is not a human being that is fully trustworthy Everybody's going to let you down sometime. Sometimes people think, Pastor, well, you know, you're close to God. And it's like, no, 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 don't, don't have unreserved, unlimited trust except for God. Because God is faithful. And when we understand He's faithful. And that's where the centurion got to. Man, you've made my day, said Jesus. Wow, and... Everything I've seen in all of Israel, there's no such great faith. I wonder if that could happen in 2020. Marveled, amazed. Because you see, he didn't look at circumstantial evidence. He, he was thinking about God is faithful. If God is faithful, you are God. You reign forever. We sang this morning. You're still on the throne. We've got to feed. We've got to focus on the fact that he's faithful. You're here today. Some of us need to hear that he's faithful. Even when we haven't been, he's faithful. 2 Timothy 2.11, this is a faithful saying. For if we died with Jesus, we also will live with him. If we endure, we also will reign with him. But if we deny him, he's going to deny us. This is what it means. He's going to deny us what could have been. Because faith causes him to respond. I could explain that a little bit more if I had time, but we won't be ready to carry what he wants to do supernaturally. It'll corrupt us and corrupt other things. If we are faithless, here it is, he is faithful. Faithfulness is not what he does, it's who he is. He can't deny himself. That's why in a world just changing so quickly, it's like, hey, we can smile, we can celebrate, we can worship because he's got it. I had a situation, early married life. I contracted a stomach condition, pretty severe. I went from 13 and a half stone, I don't know what that was in kgs, down to 10 stone. When multiple people praying for me and multiple doctors looking and couldn't really work out what the problem was. I wondered, to be honest, if it was Marie's cooking at the time or it was, or maybe it was the chili eating competition I had in Fiji with the hottest chilies. Had a whole spoon of chilies, the hottest you could eat. And I ate them all and uh, an hour and a half later, my stomach was going vroom, 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 vroom. That could have had something to do with it. Or the 23 bananas I challenged some Fijian brothers to eat in one sitting. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was not good. I lost a lot of weight. 
for years had people pray for me. I was in one service. And I hadn't given up on God. I knew God could heal me, but it just hadn't happened. And in that service, I felt the Holy Spirit say today. And I remember saying to myself, if somebody prayed for me today, I'll be healed. The pastor stopped the meeting, didn't know I said that. and said, Paul, I've prayed for you so many times. I feel like God wants me to pray for you again. I walked out of the seat. I was instantly healed, completely restored. You see, once Jesus becomes our source, then He will become our supply. And today, maybe you've had religion in inverted commas, but you haven't really surrendered to Jesus. And I wanna tell you that Jesus is for you. He is faithful. This is what He said, I can begin a work in you that you can't do and I will complete it. He says, I will take everything that has happened that's been ugly and dark and hurtful and I'll turn it for good. He said in Genesis that, Father God said, I'm gonna send my son who is gonna stamp the authority of the enemy off human life. Break the power of darkness and death. And in due course, Jesus came born. He died and rose again. And He said, one day I'm coming home. I'm coming back for you and you'll be with me in paradise forever. That's not some kind of fairy tale. That's the faithfulness of a father. Wherever you are, you are not so far down that He can't reach you. And I think the truth is many of us believe in Jesus. I think there's a question for all of us. Do we know Him? Or we, we just know some things about Him? If you're a Christian, have, have you heard Him lately? Because you've got to be a carrier of the now Word of God. And then for some of us, do we trust Him? I want to pray for everyone up at North, everybody online, everybody down south, everybody here in the central auditorium. And even if you're watching this online later on, I want to pray for you if you feel like you've wandered away from God and you needed to hear that God is faithful. He's faithful to His Word. He is faithful. And therefore, He is here for you. And the moment we respond by saying, God, I'm sorry for my sin is the moment the door opens because it takes faith to re receive forgiveness. People go, well, I, how do I know it's real? I said, well, you've got to have faith to say, well, God, if you're real, would you meet me? Would you forgive my sin? Come into my life. At that moment, you'll experience the presence of God. Christians aren't perfect people. They're just people that know He's faithful when we're not and that He is a faith responder. Need a miracle today. Come on, let's believe for miracles. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.